Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Phanthropological. Welcome to Season 10 of Phanthropological, and welcome to the Phanthropological 100th episode Spectacular. The way you've chosen to celebrate this landmark episode is by going over the previous 99 episodes and asking each other 99 questions about them with no Jay-Z reference. The rules are thusly. Questions will be directed at the person with the lowest score. If there's a tie, it'll go to the person who did not get the previous question. It'll be steals if the person who the question is directed at cannot get the question that they were asked. And there's one point per question across the board. My name is Nick G. Sitting in the hot seats are Nick T, Nick Z. And without further ado, let's get started. Bad foods. Oh, I'm screwed. <laughs> a recurring theme in this context. <laughs> I believe this is something we did talk about on the show. What is In-N-Out's animal-style burger? It's a burger that's cooked in mustard. Thank you, trip to California. Nice. Do you wish more places cooked their burgers in mustard? Or are you? <laughs> I think it's actually a welcome addition to burgers, because like, mustard is a good flavor, and it, it doesn't add too much, and it's still tasty. Final Fantasy. Ooh, I might, I might just stand a chance. I think so. Give the last name of a Sid. Sid Barrett. No. I mean, he's a Sid who exists, existed in the world. Well, I mean, in I, Pink Floyd. I, I figured, you know, uh, prog rock influences on the music. There's probably somebody, you know, a little little nod to Sid Barrett. But uh, there is a character named Barrett. Vicious. Nope. He was the bassist for the Sex Pistols. So. <laughs> Um, no points are awarded. No points are awarded. Yeah, exactly. You guys are going to go straight for Sid Highwind from, uh, oh, from FF7. Good one. Or another favorite from FF6, uh, Sid Del Norte Marquez. Right. <laughs> Creepypasta. What is the name of the YouTube series that popularized the Slenderman mythos? Cracked Supernatural. No, sorry. I'm going to say Markiplier, but I don't know the, the thing. Uh, SCP... Cease and desist. That's not quite right. It's so close. <laughs> no. Contain and protect. Uh, Marble Hornets. Oh. oh, yeah, I have heard of that show. Yeah, It's tricky because the title has nothing to do with it. <laughs> serious yeah. about. Low scores. Ties. Oh, yeah. Feels like we're playing soccer. <laughs> do we cover football? Only American football. Oh, yeah. yeah. And for, uh, well, fantasy, fantasy anyway. football. And cricket. Mm. <laughs> cricket, you say? Oh, oh. Alright, Z. A match with unlimited overs played over five days is what kind of match? Traditional match. No, sorry. Is a- that a game of test cricket? That is a test match. Ah. Yes. What? 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 <laughs> I remember that being the only thing I knew about cricket when we went in. <laughs> that it just goes on forever. Still the only thing that I know about cricket. I also know that they stop for tea or like lunch or whatever. And most games end in ties. The Beatles. Ooh. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, got a, you got a one for a chance. Which Beatle claimed the band was more popular than Jesus? That would be uh, John. That's right. On the board. John Lennon. Yeah, Matthew, mm. Mark, Luke, and John. Exactly, <laughs> right? Four Beatles. Four Beatles. I'm glad I didn't get that question. <laughs> Olympics, by way of not numbers. The 1980 Winter Olympics took place in Lake Placid, USA. In which state is Lake Placid? I'm going to have to say that that is in Michigan. No, sorry. New York. It is in New York. Ah. Home of alligators. Z. Yes. Wes Anderson's film Bottle Rocket was the on-screen debut for which famous actor who also co-wrote the film? 
Owen Wilson. That's right. Also, my least favorite Wes Anderson. He was, he was still figuring things out. Yeah, he didn't. Know, he didn't get the Wes Andersoniness until yeah. uh, Rushmore. Escape Rooms. The first credited escape room was developed in 2007 in what country? Czechoslovakia. Oh, sorry. I'm very surprised that I am the one pulling it. <laughs> Japan. Yep. Oh, oh yeah. Apparently, Zioli excels at very specific <laughs> trivia. Is what I'm going to say before I ultimately lose. Yeah. <laughs> My goal is just to be you because you won the Chrono Trigger trivia. Okay. This is all just revenge for that. Spite the least interesting motivator. <laughs> exactly. Going way back to episode eight. Whoa. Esperanto. Fond memories of this one. What is Nicholas in Esperanto? Nicholas. Oh, sorry. Nick is Nick. And that's why I didn't pick that for this question. Ah. Uh, Gee. Uh, Nicoloy? No. Nicolaj? Nicolau. Nicolaj. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm saying the exact same thing. <laughs> okay, Monty Python. Give an alternate name that uh, they're going to use for their TV show other than Monty Python's Flying Circus. Um, John Cleese and the Mothers of Invention. So close. <laughs> Gee. Monty Python's Fart Circus. <laughs> so close. <laughs> Apparently in Japan, Monty Python's Flying Circus translates to the Gay Boys Dragon Show. I don't know what specifically is happening in those words to make that happen, but that was a fact that I saw on one like interview with them. Um, I'd, say the, I'd say the top three uh, was uh, Owl Stretching Time. Bun Wacket, Buzzard Stubble, and Boot. Or Gwen Dibley's Flying Circus. Steampunks. Uh, What is considered to be the first steampunk novel? Oh, man, I feel like I'm going to mix up my authors here. But Jules Verne's, uh, let's go with 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. That was what I was going to guess. So, uh, (laughs) I don't know, Frankenstein? No. The the line I drew is not, like, stuff that inspired steampunk, but stuff that's, like, that's steampunk. Oh, okay. Which would be 1980s and The Difference Engine. Am I write hard trivia questions? <laughs> you, just, you just wait. I feel like we're all going to have the low and, lowest score in this rounds. Yuri on Ice. What was the name of the music used by both Yuris in their short program that had both Eros and Agape versions? I'll accept either the name of it in the dub or in the sub. Passion, a rock opera in three parts by uh, Judas Priest. I have no idea. So close. The part I remembered was Eros, whatever. <laughs> is it, that's exactly why I wrote this question. Is it, is it on wings? It is on love, uh, or on the Japanese, in regards to love. That? Yeah. Okay, Earthbound. What is the default name of your dog in Earthbound? Uh, that would be King. That would be King. Oh, yeah. Boring. All right, on to episode number three. Whoa. First of all, does anybody remember what episode three was? Maple Leafs. Maple Leafs. Yeah. Only for Leafs. The Leafs feature prominently in which Mike Myers film flop? Uh, the Love Guru. Yes. Whew. Score is tied. So, T, are you ready for this question? No. On Homestuck. <laughs> oh, God, no. Whoa. Definitely not, no. Homestuck was the fourth and last iteration of what comic series? Problem Sleuth? No, sorry. Oh, that's the... Z. Uh-oh. MS Paint Adventures. Yes, it is. <laughs> Meta question. Shouldn't, shouldn't have jumped on that. <laughs> now the tables, the tables are turned now, though. Question yeah. to you. Get turned. Yuri. Oh, right. Yuri. Yeah, like, add yeah. both. <laughs> Convenient. A Yuri story that depicts interaction between schoolgirls typically of upper and lower classes is what type of story? It's like a C-class story. I'm oh, sorry. It's a B-class story? 
It was a Class S story. Uh, do you remember why it's Class S? One of them was like shoujo. One of them was like school. Like there was a bunch of different ones in different languages that people huh. subbed in for it. Don't worry. It's about to turn around. Because <laughs> it's Shrek time. Oh, boy. <laughs> Get Shrek. <laughs> perhaps a more appropriate. Uh, name the explicit 2013 metameme video that spawned much of modern Shrek fandom. Shrek is love, Shrek is life. Bingo. <laughs> Which we will not repeat on, on this recording or any other recording. <laughs> just, just cut in like a little five second clip of it, you know. Uh... Here's a tricky one. Rock Progressivo Italiano. Ooh. And I went pretty simple for this one. Name an RPI band. For some reason, Candlestick is jumping to mind. Candlestick. No, sorry. Ah. Rondo Veneziano. Ooh. They're a chamber orchestra. Yeah. So no, sorry. That's what I thought. Uh, Stormy Six or La Orme or uh, PFM La were like Orme. some of the top ones, but I wasn't expecting anyone to remember anything about, <laughs> about RPI. I remember looking at the topics and I'm like, boy, somebody's going to have a hard time with this. Yep. Yeah. It's me. Okay. Tabletop RPGs. Okay. And this is, uh, this is maybe a little tricky one for one point, but I'm going to be, it's not, it doesn't have to be letter perfect. Name the three original classes in the 1974 version of D&D. This is going to sound stupid. Elf, oh. halfling, and fighter? No, sorry. Elf, halfling, human? <laughs> they no, didn't, they're, they're not all that bad. <laughs> they didn't do the thing that, that races are classes that you're thinking of. Okay. I thought that at least one of, is, one of them was a race, and you're like, that's dumb. But the three were. <laughs> as, as written. Yep. Cleric, magic user... And fighting man. One out of three ain't bad. I now realize that our trivia may be very difficult. (laughs) I'm sure the people playing along at home are doing just fine. For their rice-a-roni? Yes. You paid the sponsors, right? Uh, sure. Hmm. Shadow of the Colossus. What was the original working title for Shadow of the Colossus? Eco 2. Search for Curly's Gold. Sorry. (sighs) Twelve Angry Guardians. Yeah, kid, you were very close, but... Nico, as in Nico ah, and Nico. That's I think that's surprisingly clever. Yeah. <laughs> Good on you, team Echo. Yeah. Eco. I've forgotten yeah, already. Echo. 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 Yeah. In lucha libre, what is a technical? They're a wrestler who tends to be high flying, high energy, jumping off the ropes. That is a really broad answer. Yes. What I have here is like face, a oh. good guy, but. I like what you described is definitely what it's Are technicos always face yes. faces? Yeah. Oh. Other reasons why Lucha Libre sounds like yeah. it's way <laughs> Play by um, the rules. And those rules mean I gotta jump around. Yeah. Technico and the Rudos are the heels. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Rudos don't do anything fun and the Technicos do. And the weird thing, like versus American pro wrestling, is I believe in Lucha Libre they'll be like like the commentators and stuff will be like, those are the Technicos and those are the Rudos. Where <laughs> In, like, WWE, they don't say those are the heels and those are the faces. Just, like, call it out. It's like, we all know where we're starting from. Cyberpunk. Ridley Scott described the feeling of L.A. in Blade Runner as this city on a very bad day. Tokyo. No, sorry. Hong Kong? It's Hong Kong. Ah. Tokyo Tokyo is very much... um, People talk about... They talk about, like, the feel of Tokyo. Yeah, yeah. Like, Shanghai. I was thinking of, uh, of Gibson. Yeah. Yeah. In uh, Cyberpunk. Yeah. What antagonist Mega Man 4 
Later became an ally of Mega Man after it was revealed his villainy was orchestrated by Dr. Wily. Proto Man. Oh, sorry. Dr. Cassis? Dr. Cossack. Because he was Russian, of I know. course. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you would not have accepted the Russian doctor. <laughs> Even though that was basically his name. Because it was just like, wasn't there, wasn't there a guy named Dr. Cossack? What was that about? And I looked that up. <laughs> In the heart of the Cold War. Actually, it was, oh, yeah. it was post-Cold War. But, uh, but he wasn't a bad guy. It was, uh, Dr. Wiley had kidnapped his daughter. Yeah, Karinka. Yeah. Which is also extremely Russian. She's a ballet yeah. dancer, which is also extremely <laughs> Russian. I mean, Mega Man is not subtle enough. <laughs> Dr. Light, Dr. Wily. Yeah. Yeah. Which 2002 film stars Bruce Campbell as Elvis Presley? Uh, that one where he's fighting the terrible CGI praying mantis aliens. I think it was called The Day the Praying Mantis Aliens Came and Were Bad CGI. I'm going to one-up the crap out of you. <laughs> that movie is Alien Apocalypse. Okay. And the movie G is talking about is Bubba Hotep. That's right. Oh, man. I've never seen that. <laughs> I have seen Alien Apocalypse. Do not, under any circumstances, watch that movie. It is just boring and awful. I wanted to get a non-Evil Dead. Yeah. Asking about Bruce Campbell. Yeah. In what Sam Raimi movie does he appear? Yeah. yeah. All of them. What is the difference between Greek and Turkish coffee? There is no difference. Correct. Yes. (laughs) Sneaky. (laughs) This guy... Quizmaster's sneaky mm. guy. By what name is James Bond known in Japan that also has a 1997 movie uh, starring Val Kilmer and Robert Downey Jr. named after it? The Big Chill? <laughs> I love it if James Bond was called The Big Chill, but no, sorry. <laughs> I believe they call him James Bond-san. They do. But <laughs> that's not what I'm after. No idea. I'm after Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Oh, man. <laughs> Japan never changed. No. Um, has anybody seen the movie Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, by the way? That's a good no. movie. Star Wars. Ooh. Who is the only actor to get an Oscar nomination for their role in a Star Wars film? Alec Guinness. That's right. Is it because it was Alec Guinness? Yes. Maybe. Absolutely. Transformers. This was not very easy to come up with a question for. Episode 23 of the mm. Beast Wars series. Mm. Megatron makes reference to the yeah. Waspinator. No, no, no. Which comic book publisher was instrumental in the creation of the backstory of Transformers? Dark Horse. I'm oh, sorry. IDW? Mm-hmm. Marvel. Should have guessed one of the bigs. They, yeah, ju- they yeah. just, um, they like... Commissioned like a couple of Marvel writers to make make the whole backstory. This whole round is like a competition to see who gets asked first the last question that I, that I realized I wanted to leave to later. So that's what's on the line here as we talk about craft beer. Oh, crap. What does IBU stand for? International Bitterness Units. Oh, yeah. I regret our decision to make this an egalitarian contest. <laughs> see, that means T, you get this one. Yes. Are we at the end? Uh, there are two left. Okay, there's two and left. And thank goodness for you. <laughs> the Tails games. What signature combat mechanism ties the Tails games together? <laughs> Joke answer time. <laughs> the pro-action replay system. <laughs> I wish. It's, it's uh, Z. It's the linear motion battle system. That's, That's right. They might be giants. Hey, I might get this. Between 1999 and 2004, what was the name of shared by all three members of their backing band? Mm-hmm. Uh, Marty? Nope. Dan. It is Dan. Yeah, okay. 
And then their drummer got replaced by Marty Beller. That's, <laughs> that's the only thing that, like, <laughs> shit, yeah. It's like, it's, I was like, John? It's like, it's not John. Yeah. It's two Johns. That's it. <laughs> the Johns and the Dans for a brief period of time. Sanic. Ooh. <laughs> All I know is I gotta go fast. <laughs> that's right. No, it's, that'd be way too easy. It's not the question. How fast do you gotta go? <laughs> You're too slow. All right. Who is the third playable character in Sega Sonic the Hedgehog? Do you mean the Sonic the Hedgehog series? No. There's a game, There's a called... game called Sega Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, crap. If I give you the animal, is that enough? I will take that. It's not, it's not Charmy D. It's a, is it a squirrel? Yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. Okay. It's Ray the Flying Squirrel. I'm like, <laughs> Charmy B, the, the alligator. <laughs> it predates <laughs> all of the Star Wars expanded yeah. universe. It's, uh, I, think, I think it was just an arcade game. Yeah, that, Weird. that's what I was like, trying to remember. Because we talked about a bunch of them on the show. Yeah. That's like, crap. Name one Vocaloid that is not Hatsune Miku. I can't remember. I'm, go- I'm uh, glad no one. T- Teddy Lloyd. Teddy Lloyd. See? Yes, sir. <sighs> Nicely done. Thank you, remixes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, I know, I have to know at least one. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't listen to a lot of Hatsune Miku. <laughs> that's it. Oh, boy. And we are tied at 10 apiece. What? <laughs> This is also, like, this trivia is also a test of basic uh, anthropological literacy. Yes. So any of us can get a maximum score of 66. Yeah. So, you know, we're all aiming for a passing grade. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. It actually would be, like, 33 because you can yeah. because of the balancing magnet board. Guess we're going to come back with round two, which is going to be Z versus G in the bout to knock the other Nick out. Blah, blah, blah. And with me, the Quizmaster. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our 100th episode spectacular. We are trying to figure out, you know, who would win the bout to beat the other Nick out. So far, we've gone through round one, which tells us a very strong indication of who is going to win, and that is we have no idea because both myself and Z are tied with 10 points. Because of the way that we are doing this trivia contest, we will not know until the end of round two if anyone stands a shot at just completely destroying anyone else. Let's get on with my trivia to my good friends G and Z. Starting off with Galaga. Nintendo and Galaga have an interesting relationship, whether it be adding star bits from Super Mario Galaxy and Galaga Remix, or Boss Galaga and Smash 4. When Galaga was brought over to the Nintendo Entertainment System, it got a revised title. What was that title? Nintendo Presents Galaga? Galaxia World. Good guess. Correct answer. Galaga Demons of Death. Oh, they just added, like, a flashy subtitle. (laughs) (laughs) Twin Peaks has attracted fans from around the world, and the largest gathering of those fans is probably the Twin Peaks Festival. Name one of the cities that the Twin Peaks Festival takes place in. Snoqualmie? That's probably how you... Snoqualmie, Washington. Yeah, Snow... (laughs) Yep. Uh, Other two, North Bend and Fall City. I was surprised that it takes place in three different cities because there are different (laughs) filming locations. Yeah. Lord of the Rings, J.R.R. Tolkien, introduced us to a new world of hobbitses, elves, and wizards, and he also introduced us to a new word. Well, several new words. In particular, he introduced a word that we might use to describe some fans today. Can you name that word? Ents. 
end. Okay, no. <laughs> I don't know the answer. I'm just going to say Sackville Bagginses. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> the correct answer, tween. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, tween, previously used as a contraction for between, used to describe... A hobbit between the ages of 20 and 33 where they come of age. Bonus fun fact. Who is credited with, re- with inventing the, the word teenager? A teenager. <laughs> Dick Clark. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Crazy. Sailor Moon has a lot of strong influences in terms of its characterization. In particular, there are lots of references to crystals and chemicals due to Naoko Takeuchi's background as a licensed pharmacist. While attending university, she also had a job that might have influenced the manga. What was that job? She wrote horoscopes? Short order cook. She was a shrine Miko. What? Wow. See, my, my goal with the yeah. trivia was if you don't know the answer, that should happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the face into the yawning void of the, the nothing of that you know. Angry responses to my trivia. <laughs> Overwatch is a team-based shooter that started as a concept with four heroes, Tracer, Reaper, Widowmaker, and Farah, and now boasts almost 30 different heroes in a variety of roles. There are two characters that actually started off as just one. Can you name either of the characters? Genji. That is correct. What? Uh, both Genji and Hanzo were decided yeah. to be one character. Oh, that's that was right. A cybernetic parkour archery character. I feel like we. I feel like we talked we, about that. We might have on the Overwatch episode. Super Hulak was covered in our bonus episode. <laughs> we got included because numbers are hard. Super Hulak is a fascinating fandom that existed between 2011 and 2014, but mysteriously went on the decline sometime after that, despite consisting of the crossover of three powerhouse fandoms, Supernatural, Doctor Who, and Sherlock. There is, however, a fourth fandom that often makes an appearance in the mix of Super Hulak postings. What is that mysterious fourth fandom? I'm going to say, uh, like, MCU? I'll, I'll give you that. Okay. It, it is the Avengers, but right. like, yeah. that is the MCU. I wanted to cover all my bases. <laughs> yeah, I was, I'm not being super picky. <laughs> Speculative fiction is a broad term that often refers to science fiction, but can also describe a sort of fiction of worlds that could be. Who is often attributed with coining the term? Margaret Atwood. No. Yes, I, since I think I feel like he's credited for a lot. Arthur C. Clarke? <laughs> yeah. This one we definitely covered in the show. Yeah. It was Robert A. Heinlein. Oh. Coined the term in 1947 in the Saturday Evening Post. I feel like that's in the same ballpark as Arthur Clarke, <laughs> but yeah. You can feel better on the inside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Middle yeah. initial even. Pokemon yeah. is a well-beloved franchise following a boy, his friends, and their surprisingly mainstream dogfighting racket. <laughs> it has spanned many games and TV series, and it has many different firsts, including which is the first Pokemon. Name one of the first Pokemon and what it is a first for. Rhyhorn. It was the first one to show up in the Game Freak zine. See, you are so close, but that is not correct. And since this is Pokemon, I am going to <laughs> not let this slide. Ah. I mean, I personally would be interested in trying to take up that first one that appeared in the zine, but I'm going to go with Bulbasaur because it's the first one in the Pokedex. See, you were looking for Rhydon. Oh, yeah. Uh, other answers. Fair. Mew, the ancestor of all Pokemon. Right. And Arceus, the, the, the god <laughs> Pokemon. <laughs> the fan documentary Bronies, the extremely unexpected adult fans of My Little Pony, was a Kickstarter project with a goal to raise 60k for a documentary of fans of the series. And it blew past its budget, eventually raising over $320,000. Who narrated the documentary? Cute. No, no. That 
guy from Star Trek who was the android. Um, the only name that's in my head it's totally wrong, John C. Riley. I'm gonna give I'm gonna throw you a bone because you definitely danced around the correct. You like you knew it was Q, and it is Q because I had no idea. But your description, I know that guy's name, <laughs> which, <laughs> so, is, yeah. which is especially that's, unfair. That's fair. Yes, his yeah, name right. is John Delancey, and he was actually one of the producers of the show after he noticed that fans of the show were getting a pretty bad rap. Oh, and he'd seen that happen with Star Trek, and uh, didn't yeah. didn't want that to happen again. Yeah. Every good day starts with uh, yeah. starts with this. No. Uh, Breakfast is a meal enjoyed around the world in different forms. In the United States, we often think of breakfast cereal, pancakes, bacon, and the like. But there are other breakfast foods. Can you name the breakfast made uh, that is popular in the Mid-Atlantic, which consists of meat that has been boiled, minced, seasoned, and combined with cornmeal to make a loaf that is fried in oil? If you don't know the answer, this is going to be a weird little lesson in North American cuisine. First thing to come to mind, only thing in my mind right now, Apple brownie loaf. Scrapple. It's Scrapple. That's the one. I knew there was an apple in there somewhere, even if it was yeah. just in the name. Yeah. Apparently, there's a... Let, let's see what I got here. Uh, Scrapple, also known by the Pennsylvania Dutch name Panhas or Pan Rabbit, is made of that gross stuff that I just described. <laughs> and it's like an, it's an ethnic food of the Pennsylvania Dutch, made of leftover bits. In its initial run on ABC... <laughs> Reboot had a few challenges to contend with, not in terms of finding a time slot or a 3D animation, although those were challenging, mm-hmm. but with the Broadcast Standards and Practices Board at ABC. Among the questionable decisions made by the board, including forbidding guns, but allowing Frisket to wield a bazooka. He's a dog, guys. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, one particular stands out as odd. Can you name one of the unusual words that the network banned? Frag. Computery word that sounds bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. The words that I have listed, and maybe there are others, are hockey. Hockey? Hockey. Hockey. And wuss. <laughs> because supposedly they were vulgar slang for something. They couldn't tell you what. Well. I think it says more about the network than it does about oh, the viewers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Halo. The Halo games may be about a large multi-world spawning conflict and the titular Halo array, but a lot of its fans are into the competitive aspect of its multiplayer modes. In multiplayer modes, you can be granted medals, often for killing your opponent. One such medal is particularly difficult to obtain, the Killpocalypse medal. What would a player need to do to achieve a Killpocalypse? I will accept approximate answers. <laughs> <laughs> like, see the article titles and all that stuff. A streak of 20 kills. This was this is what I thought it was before you said anything, a streak of 100 kills? I'm not going to go to either of you. Yeah, it's fine. It is... Nine kills within four seconds. Uh, I'm lowering the score so that the last round is sufficiently epic. Doctor Who has a long history that dates all the way back to the 1960s on the BBC. However, our time-traveling police box-driving Doctor may owe its origin to an inspiration from a Canadian connection by way of the BBC's head of drama at the time. Can you name either the show or the character that might have inspired Doctor Who. Mr. Dressup. He's not that old. (laughs) (laughs) If you wanted to ask me the producer who used to work at the CBC who helped start Doctor Who, I could tell you that. But um, Personally, I'm just if you know this. Joe Gantz would be to say Inspector Space Time. Oh, I'm just going to say The Shadow. The series may have been inspired by a short-lived segment on Howdy Doody. Oh, wow. Where a puppet called Mr. X travels around in his what's-its box. 
Okay, I can see the tenuous connection. <laughs> Chiptune is a style of synthesized electronic music created via programmable sound generator chips. While several genres of chiptune exist, like bitpop, there is a unique genre that gets a signature name from its flowing style and slurred notes. What is that style? Crisptune. Slushcore. Slushcore. <laughs> <laughs> it is key gen. Oh, oh yeah. After people taking keys to uh, various oh yeah software and and just oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, light novels have been popular for a long time with many anime and manga spawning from their original counterparts uh, for example slayers boogie pop phantom and haruhi suzumiya the 2014 movie edge of tomorrow was based on a light novel what was the name of that light novel z kill death kill death I know, I know. It's one of the greatest titles in human history. <laughs> All you need is kill. All you need is kill. <laughs> Before Kiss hit it big, they had thought about a number of different names. Albatross, Rainbow, Crimson Harpoon, and even a word that I can't say on this show. <laughs> they even recorded an album's worth of songs under a different name. What was the name of that band? Crimson Connection. Suma is not one of the ones that you are. It is not one. Okay. I'm not a jerk. My guess is going to be based off a name of an album that they had. I'm going to say Destroyer. It is Wicked Lester. What a dumb name. Destroyer, <laughs> <laughs> they obviously became Kiss. Kids in Service of Sea. Man, if you want to trip, just Google like, like what well, bands were almost named. A lot of terrible names. <laughs> Sweet. Like Burlington's own Rainbow, Rainbow Butt Monkeys. Soon to be... Finger 11. Yeah, so much better. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. The Ghostbusters series has been popular enough to generate several movies, many games, and at least two cartoons. Uh, also, comics. And in the world of comics, crossovers are fairly common. Name one crossover in the IDW Ghostbuster comics. Ghostbusters crossed over with, with Doctor Who. Fingers crossed for a 90s soup. Ooh. Uh, Ghostbusters crossed with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant nice. Ninja Turtles is on the list. Fun fact. At work yeah. the other day, I found uh, several books about how to integrate uh, the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles into your um, like D20 game. <laughs> and it was, I'm pretty sure, pre-Turtles cartoon, because it just looked like the comics. Or the um, other ones. The other ones, in case you were curious, uh, I have an honorable mention, and if nobody had it, I would have accepted mm-hmm. it. Uh. The X-Files. Oh, fun. Mars Attacks. And the honorable mentions were Extreme Go- the Extreme Ghostbusters, the real Ghostbusters, oh. and the 2016 Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because there's one event, one series, where they take they- all of them and put, put them in the soup. Aside from its history dating back to the 1600s with early bowling-style games and literal balls bouncing off of pins... Pinball has a surprising amount going on. Numerous pinball machines are made that are associated with different franchises, but only one machine has a major league baseball team in its title. Can you name either the team or the game? I will give a hint. The team still exists. The New York Mets. As far as I know, New Jersey doesn't have a team, so... uh... No, New York just has two. Is it a Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court? The game is called Chicago Cubs Triple Play. Pinball was a hard one. It's got to be something that you could maybe guess. Yep. Yeah. Or no about pinball. <laughs> and not about Tommy. Lego 
has brought joy to kids for many years, whether it has been in space, the jungle, an ordinary town, or somewhere else your imagination leads you to. It has also led to a number of big builds, including a 23-ton, 5.3 million brick model, the world's biggest Lego model. What is the model of? The Eiffel Tower. Eiffel Tower. It is not. Lego headquarters. It is another fandom that we have covered. It is an X-Wing. Oh. What? According to Lego, makes it the largest model ever built, eclipsing the Lego robot at the Mall of America by some 2 million bricks. This replica of the Rebel Alliance dogfighter is 42 times the size of the Lego version and a bit bigger than a real X-Wing. Ah. My idea was that they built the Lego headquarters right next to the ah. real Lego headquarters. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter. Episode... First season, so yeah. early, possibly yeah. a bad decision <laughs> to cover something so famous so early. Harry Potter has built up quite a wizarding world, and Hogwarts is quite well known in that world. However, since Harry Potter takes place on Earth, there are other schools through Europe and the world. Name one of the other schools in the Harry Potter universe. Cat pimples. <laughs> yes, action. No, the Icelandic <laughs> school of cat pimples. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Bobaton. Yes, Bobaton. Uh, Bobaton's Academy of Magic is located in France. Yes. Hey. The others, if you were interested, Castelo Bruxo, which is in central Brazil, Drumstrang Institute in northern Europe, Ilvermorny, which we would probably go to, is in eastern North America, mm. Maho Tokoro School of Magic in Japan. That's the movie I want to see. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, what if Harry Potter, but in Japan? Little Witch Academia, you are not right. quite the same. <laughs> Uagado School of Magic in Uganda and Koldovstoretz, Russia. Magic is uh, not popular in Australia. They're fine on their own. They fight bird-eating spiders. It's, <laughs> it's totally normal. Retro gaming, as discussed on our episode, retro gaming is broad and can be divisive in how you define it. Nonetheless, if we look back to the Nintendo Entertainment System, we can see the first instance of the Konami Code, which has since been popularized in many other games and media, even in pro wrestling and movies. What was the first game to use the Konami Code? Castlevania 2. Is it Contra? While Contra popularized the code, the first game to use the Konami Code is Gradius, where one of the developers was fed wow. up with how hard the game was oh, wow. and entered it so that they could have all the power-ups. On the Super Nintendo version of Gradius, if you enter the Konami code as it is written, it will kill you ah. because you need to replace the left and right with the L and R buttons. Oh. In North America, WWE is probably the biggest name there is in terms of wrestling, and its main event is WrestleMania, the greatest stage of them all. Who has the record for most losses at Wrestlemania. Definitely not The Undertaker, I can tell you that much. <laughs> uh, That's right. Triple H. I know he's it, still around. It is Triple H. What? <laughs> Z, you are right on both counts. The <laughs> person who have the most wins at Wrestlemania is Undertaker, who I have learned has not retired. We all found that out recently. <laughs> uh, and Triple H has lost 11 times. Wow. Super weird, because when earlier... In his career as a wrestler, he was famous for not losing ever. The creator of Nier, or Dragon Dragoon, uh, the series, <laughs> has a history of trolling the series' fans, and the games have numerous joke endings. Name one of the ways that you can unexpectedly end the game in Nier Automata. When you're on the base station hub world, you can leave 
through the exit into space. You can sell 9S to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say I wish, but yeah, I, I came to love 9S. Okay. okay. Uh, you can uninstall the OS chip. Oh, yeah. There are many yes. joke endings, one of which I learned is you can go fishing and learn that the fish is really tasty and go crazy. <laughs> but uh, the one I was thinking of was the OS chip because it was covered on the episode. Uh. Uh, Magic the Gathering is now synonymous with geek culture, and the game contain, uh, continues to grow and evolve to this day. However, it wasn't always going to be called Magic. What was the original name of the game? Coastal Wizards Card Game Supreme. Oh, that's legit kind of guess that they were going to call it Wizards of the Coast. What yeah. is it? It is Mana Clash. The lawyers were like, yeah. you can't just call a game Magic. <laughs> that's not specific that's enough. Fair. And as people continued to play the game, they kept calling it Magic, even though it was named Mana Clash. So they're like, what can we get away with? And the answer was the gathering? Because people are gathering to play this game. <laughs> sure, yeah. While Rick and Morty share an obvious resemblance to Doc Brown and Marty from Back to the Future, the show's creators say that a lot of the show's concept and humor actually come from British series. In particular, two shows. Okay. Name one of them. Jeeves and Wooster. Red Dwarf. Surprisingly not. Oh, really? weird. Doctor Who. What? Oh, yeah, that show. <laughs> yeah. I, I figured that was a show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't see any Doctor Who in Rick and Morty. Look, look man, I was going from the, the yeah, sources yeah, yeah. that I got. And The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh. Supernatural has been a smash hit since coming on the scene in 2005 and remains a hit even 13 years later, landing as 2018's top fandom on fandom metrics. Part of that is due to the chemistry of the show leads, Paladecki and Ackles, who play the Winchester brothers, and on the show they play brothers, but in real life they also share a special bond. What is that bond? They are related through marriage. They're in-laws. They're cousins. Not cousins. Mm-hmm. They are roommates. Um, I was going to say their names both start with the letter J. <laughs> <laughs> I probably would have accepted that. Well. I mean, we, we all share a special bond. We're all named Nick. Yeah, that's right. Few games are so popular as StarCraft, but despite that, many have been able to make the transition to the movie world. A StarCraft movie has long been on the minds of fans, especially after the release of the WarCraft movie. But Blizzard will only allow a movie to be made if this director is in charge. Ridley Scott. Guillermo del Toro. James Cameron. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see that. Because, man, so sick of seeing all those Avatar movies. (laughs) But Didn't all, he? Re- wasn't it long, not that long ago where he's like James Cameron is only making Avatar movies for the rest of his life or something like that? <laughs> I mean, it yeah. also makes sense. Like when we were talking about Aliens on the one episode, because yeah. he, James Cameron did the Aliens movie. Yeah, Starcraft yeah. has a lot of a lot of similarities there. Oh yeah. Whether creepy, scary, quirky, or mundane, the SCP Foundation has a lot of interesting stories in its vault. Like most things, though, it didn't spring up from nowhere. Where did the SCP Foundation get its start? 4chan. 4chan is absolutely correct. The paranormal board on 4chan. I was I was gonna go with the nepotistic with something awful for us. <laughs> it's a good guess. That's where Slenderman came from. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And then probably incorporated into the SCP mythos somehow. Yeah. Many shows leave the fans wondering where they're supposed to take place. The Simpsons is a great example of this. According to the show's creator, where does Bob's Burgers take place? Either the city or state. Long Island. Is Long Island a state? No. No. Do you answer, and then I have to, like, do some <laughs> geography, because I did not know U.S. geography. Say Maine. I was going to say, like, uh, Jersey. 
It's New, New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, Long Island is in New York. Oh, yeah. it is in New York? Okay. I'll go to Disney yeah. anyway. Sure. Apparently, the series creator, Lauren Bouchard, said Seymour's Bay, New Jersey, specifically. Oh. No ambiguity. Unlike The Simpsons, where it was like, hmm, <laughs> Springfield. Could be Springfield. <laughs> Which I think was chosen because of its ubiquity. On the show, we talked about some of the celebrity deadheads that exist, that is, fans of The Grateful Dead. There was one, however, who you might remember as a big fan of both The Grateful Dead and Star Trek. Who is that person? Martin Luther King. Actually, that's our first two episodes. Yeah. Yeah, these were hard. I don't know. Jim Carrey? Jim <laughs> Carrey. Uh, no, it is <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg. Oh! Uh, yeah. It was on Star Trek. Exactly. I, I thought <laughs> that would be the tip. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it came up, but I could be mistaken. In yeah. addition to folks like, I don't know, Obama. Yeah. And Will Arnett and Ann Coulter. You got Whoopi Goldberg, who is also <laughs> a deadhead. Obama's a deadhead. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about boys love. And as a genre, it covers a wide array of different stories, but is typically created... By women for women, there is, however, a specific genre that caters to gay men. Can you name that genre? I will take the English or Japanese name. Bara? It is Bara. Nice. She is Man, coming is back. Racing back. Sai may be one of the first to popularize K-pop in the West, but Sai and many other Korean artists are arguably part of a much bigger phenomenon. What is the name of that phenomenon? I think I know what the name of it, of the sort of similar phenomenon is for Japan, but Korea. Uh, the Korean wave? It is the Korean wave. I do not know if you're being facetious. <laughs> well, like, uh, like the Japanese. Uh, J. Cool or Cool Japan. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's good that yeah. you did not try Cool Korea. That would be <laughs> As you may have noticed, uh, towards the end of my questions, they got more and more tourists. Yeah. And that is convenient because it appears, if I am not mistaken, that I am on my last question. Cinephiles watch Ooh. a lot of movies. For this question, we're just going to talk about one. Hmm. And I tried to pick one that is like fairly popular uh, that movie cinephiles would probably maybe know. In The Matrix, a lot of code can be seen descending from the top of the screen as green characters. Obviously, the code represents the world of The Matrix, but where did the production team get the characters of the code from? Sushi menu? I'll give you that. It's a sushi cookbook. I thought that, but I'm like, do you cook sushi? You know know what? You're you're not wrong. (laughs) Uh, that is it for round two. I don't know how... It doesn't matter how people are standing because <laughs> it's like one person rotates yeah. out and another person rotates in. Yep. Yeah. So uh, see you all in round two. Welcome back once again, everyone, to this, the 100th episode, Anthropological Spectacular, our trivia episode, all about the 99 episodes to date. Uh, So far, we've had two rounds here. It's maybe a good thing that I'm no longer in the hot seat, because I am in the lead with 17 points. No one will be able to to surpass that, I'm sure, but we'll find out as we take our, uh, our cameras back over to the hot seats with my good, good friends, Nick T and Nick G waiting within them. Which alien race from Star Trek did Joe Nelson of the Tampa Bay Rays baseball team name his signature change-up pitch after? Vulcan. Correct. There was no way it could have been. <laughs> it's like, it's the wrong answer. Was it the Ferengi change-up? <laughs> Mike, huge props if he was yeah. that nerdy. Yeah. But probably not. Oh, yeah. Twilight. 
<laughs> Apparently, the fandom around the book helped the Native American Quilente tribe get some of their land back around Forks, Washington, where the story is set. Uh, the reason for that is that one of the characters in the book is a member of this tribe, canonically. Name that character. Team Jacob. Correct. Thank you, pop culture. <laughs> Over to G, perhaps appropriately, is for Anglophiles. All right. <laughs> Which famous English writer did the German writer Goethe admire for how his writing expressed the freedom of the English language? I believe this was brought up on episode. Yeah, but so long ago. I'm going to say Marlowe. If I give you a poem... Wait, Lord Byron. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I don't know. Shakespeare. Who? Oh. Sh- Shakespeare? I don't remember. <laughs> oh, well. I guess you just had to be there. Yeah. I think he has a small town somewhere. Everybody likes Shakespeare, obviously. But, like, you know, Goethe did Faust. Yeah. Which he adapted from Christopher Marlowe's Faust. So I thought maybe he might give a crap about the guy that he adapted his story from. But I guess that I'm wrong. Over to T. For a Coca-Cola question. Well, older fans tend to collect vintage items, ads, machines, whatever. Younger fans tend to collect... What? There are a few things you could answer with. I'll accept any one of them. Stuffed animals. I'm, I'm going to accept that. The only, the only things I have down, uh, the very, very vague, and this is partially why I'm accepting it, newer items, bottles, and caps. The A Christmas Story House Foundation does what with the house from the, the well-known Christmas movie all year round? Shines that lamp in. The answer I'm looking okay. for, sorry. I only have a joke answer. That blows up the house and builds it back every day. <laughs> is, that, is that your final answer there? Yeah, it's going to be my okay. final answer. Okay. I would have accepted operates it as a museum oh. or rents it out Airbnb style. So you could do Christmas morning as that kid. Yeah. yeah. And be a bunny. Like follow up on the like. What central speedrunning term did GameFAQ's user Soul R. Flair coin in the Metroid Prime discussion forum? Tool assisted run. Metroid Prime? Yes. It couldn't be like sequence break. That's too old. Glitch hack. You know, there's a lot of tool assisted stuff going on in there and a lot of hard practice, but uh, in choosing the game, I think they follow their gut. I think you should have followed your gut. The term Solar Flare apparently coined on that forum was. Sequence breaking. Sequence breaking didn't exist as a term until Metroid Prime? Prime? Apparently not. I guess people just said, like, oh, I beat it out of order or whatever. That specific term apparently came from that discussion thread. For fantasy football, what team was this episode's guests, Laura and Rachel's, favorite? At least as of the time of recording. I don't know if this has changed. This is, like, very esoteric knowledge. <laughs> I'd say it's nepotism if I could think of what the team <laughs> There is that there's that issue. Dallas. No, I'm, I'm sorry. T. Okay, joke answer? They're Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> Real answer? Green Bay Packers? No. Uh, no, it is the or was perhaps. The Houston Texans. Football. It's true. Put on your robe and wizard hat, it's LARP time. Oh boy. Geobac D D Z I O B A K Geobac. LARP Studios is a Polish group that runs various LARPing events throughout the year, including this one that Harry Potter might go to after he's graduated from Hogwarts. What is this event called? Wizard Battle. Rumspringa. He's looking for the College of Wizardry. Oh. 
Once he's finished high school, you know, goes on to college, learns some practical wizardry, I guess. He wants to work after going to regular school. Like, we should not force him from choosing his own path. That's true. That's true. Get right into a profession. Who wants to go to a wizard, be a wizard plumber? Like, yeah. don't don't criticize, man. Don't judge. What was the name of the Ken doll that was unsurprisingly popular among the LGBTQ community upon its release in 1993? How exactly are we being here? Um, I can picture the doll, but naming it yeah. is going to be hard. I will I will accept either the name or the defining feature of the doll. Okay, I think it's like cool earring Ken or something like that. I'll accept that. Okay. It is earring magic, Ken. Earring magic. But the, the focus was the earring. Yes. <laughs> I thought legitimately there was like a BDSM. Oh. So like just not BDSM, but just like all leather, like cap. Yeah. Vest. Pants. Perhaps not. Perhaps. No. <laughs> Maybe today, <laughs> but not that. He did have the, the mesh vest on. That oh, apparently was popular oh, in like the. Which was the style of Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Exactly. What particle smashing research group uses Linux? Oh. Correct. The, the Large Hadron Collider, which is recently being upgraded to do more smashing events. <laughs> to do upgraded to a very large Hadron Collider. I, it, it's like LHC. I think it's like VLLHC. It's just like very large. It's like EL or so. I don't know. But it's, yes, it's something ridiculous like that. Name one web series directly inspired by Sherlock Holmes that was released before 2018. So the first thing that came into my head, Sherlock Holmes. I, as far as I know, there was not one named that, but there might as well have been because of casting in a lot of them. Her. <laughs> no, no, I remember this. There was like one was like two twenty one B or something, yeah. but then one of them was like Sherlock, and it was emphasizing that it was an all female cast. Yeah, I probably got the name wrong, but that is my guess. It is not merely a pale imitation of your yeah. answer. You may be surprised to find that is one of them. Ah. Uh, I was adding at your, yeah. at your yeah. way, way to get the answer. I, thought I was right. Good, I was right. I'm going to win this. I did not have a comprehensive list at no. my disposal, so I had to Just, do some quick uh, Google. Go to uh, fanthropological.com slash... Uh, no, wait, that like, doesn't exist. No. Although the film Mother India came out in 1957, it continued to sell out theaters in this African country well into the 1990s. Egypt. Zanzibar. No longer a country. Madagascar? That's a country. It is. Not the one I'm looking for, though. <laughs> the country uh, in which Mother India was so popular was Nigeria. Apparently, a Bollywood film caught on uh, very well there because it's uh, more about the struggles of the people rather than uh, American cinema, which is... About how cool guys are so cool. Exactly. What was the 2007 fan event named for the common term for Firefly fans? Brown coat. Festival. <laughs> I have no better idea than G, so uh, Can't Stop the Serenity, which has nothing to do with <laughs> Or Independence Day. No, neither of those. Yeah, unfortunately. no, of course not. Neither of them have brown it, coat. Them. <laughs> it was the Brown Coat Cruise. Yeah, a five day cruise that cost $570 to $1,000. Because of brand recognition amongst the, uh, the French reading public, what is the name? Commonly used for Sherlock Holmes in French editions of Arsène Lupin books. I'm going to say Sholmes. Sherlock Sholmes. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, is, that, is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. When you said Sholmes, I was like, did I take that or not? Uh, 
What genre has New York Times bestseller Alina Adams infused with figure skating? Mystery. Yes. Oh, that's a much better guess than mine. Yep, specifically murder mystery. I I would say mystery is the genre. I just know, like, at work you get a bunch of, like, cooking murder mysteries that also have recipes in them. And, like, (laughs) like people just combine various hobbies with murder mysteries. All right. Figure skating full of uh, fantastical visuals and whatnot. Uh, and continuing down that fantasy rabbit hole, what is the name of the 2016 Chinese knockoff World of Warcraft movie? I will give you this. It is in English. Oh, thanks. <laughs> cool. Well, that makes this so much you know. easier. Land of Magic Beings. Could take the name of one, of one of the most devastating wrestling moves and say Burning Hammer. That would be an awesome name for a, a World of Warcraft movie, but unfortunately, uh, they went with the much simpler My Wow. At the 1972 World Science Fiction <laughs> Convention in Los Angeles, what did the cosplayer calling themselves the turd, their independent comic character, cover themselves in to bring their character to life? Inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> It sparks the imagination. I'm going to say Play-Doh. Poop. I'm going to go with poop. <laughs> they, they tried... There's no way that's the answer. <laughs> it, is, it is not. It is not. It's also not uh, chocolate. No. People attending the convention probably figured, why didn't he just do that? Cause it, cause it might have been a little bit better, but uh, it was peanut butter. I guess like a friend or something suggested that he throw in some kernels of corn because, you know, uh, authenticity. But the big, okay. the big issue, the big problem is that this guy covered in peanut butter rubbed peanut butter all over all the costumes and, yeah. you know, walked by. That's a problem. Uh, under, under the lights during the masquerade, the peanut butter went rancid. Uh, it was <laughs> not a good scene. Maybe got a little bit of publicity for the turd, but maybe not the right kind. Okay, so according to a 1993 letter between George R. R. Martin and his editor that was revealed in 2015, he had intended the series to only be three books long. These three books... Shared names with uh, three of the books that have currently been released. What are those names? A Song of Ice and Fire. Uh, he Who Names Names. <laughs> the Wolf and the Hound. There we go. Wolf and the Hound. A Game of Thrones. I don't know this, by the way. I'm guessing tiny yeah, books. Yep. A Game of Thrones, A Storm of Swords, A Dance with Dragons. Two out of three. Uh, Ain't bad. But not at all, not but enough for a point. no, unfortunately not. Uh, was a Game of Thrones, a Dance with Dragons, and The Winds of Winter. That has not been released, see. Which is a problem with the question. <laughs> what social change in 1960s Japan helped lead to the acceptance of female mangaka? Like feminism? It was a very specific occurrence that had, uh, I would say, long-lasting implications and, and effects okay if it wasn't about that i'd be like it's the miniskirt because like i remember reading lots of articles about naoko takeuchi and how like that changed all the stuff in high schools and whatever but that's not it and like on the tip of my tongue i'm remembering things about like the 1970s and you had this change over from like a lot of male mangaka to female i'm gonna guess that they became assistants and then started drawing their own manga but that is not close enough that is not what I'm looking for. It would not surprise me if that was the case. But no, uh, we covered this up. <laughs> <laughs> I probably wrote it in the fandom facts. The event uh, credited with having 
at least some influence on the increase in female mangaka was the election of, of like a handful of women to the Japanese legislature. Oh, I see. And to the diet. Got it. Yep. Well, here's one that's uh, is probably always front of mind for you two in particular. Board games. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I get to answer yeah, that question. <laughs> what what was the game that Monopoly started as in 1904? What Monopoly? <laughs> we, we came to Monopoly. There was a worse game before that. Uh, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess Stock Trader. It's already called Monopoly. <laughs> How could there be a worse game? Monopoly. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> it's like Mortgage Broker or something. Bolshevikopoly. Uh, <laughs> no, it was called. The Landlord Game. Oh. It was an anti-capitalist game that was all about uh, the evils, essentially the evils of, of, of landlords and, like, renting property. It was this very progressive leftist game, and then Hasbro swooped in. It was like, I was like, nah. Be the one to get all the money. Exactly. <laughs> Which is weird, because it's the same idea. You yeah. think about it, it's like, oh, G was being a jerk to me. It's like, G's like, this is literally how the game is played. <laughs> I'm going to break yeah. it, because that is what the game is telling me to do. Yes. Yes. I mean, the psychological warfare is just about us. That's right. From board games to uh, long-running games, Zelda. Okay. What is this episode's guest, Andy Spatiri's favorite dungeon from Ocarina of Time? I'm going to guess the Spirit Temple. Was the Forest Temple. Oh, Oh, yeah. I do remember talking. I don't remember talking. What is the hashtag that was popular as an accompaniment to photos of girls and women Hiding swords and dresses after the Wonder Woman movie was released. This good. Do it for her. I have no idea. I can't remember what so, it was. All right, now. Well, the thing I'm thinking it's associated with is too long for a hashtag, so I'm going to say approximately. Okay. Uh, like, can do both. Like, yeah, you really can do both. Oh, yeah. Good guess. No. Yeah, if that's not what it is, then no. Uh, Hashtag WW got your back. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Things to revisit after recording. Yep. What 90s female-led action TV show had seven fanzines in circulation at its peak? Xena. Correct. Disney Parks, episode 76. We're almost caught up now. What is the hashtag that people use when they take pictures in front of an, an innocuous... Single colored wall at Disney World. Hashtag purple wall. Correct. <laughs> True or false? The first gunpla models were released after the first run of the show was canceled. 50 50 chance. Wow. Sounds like an um actually That's question. The problem. <laughs> like, um actually, the show wasn't canceled. Viewers could totally pull that on me. Uh, I say false. No. Okay. Is it true? <laughs> Is it a trick question? <laughs> Turns out it is a quantum answer. It is both true and false. This is all just leading up to our big new podcast on quantum physics where we're going to explain how results can like be both true and false at the same time. What was the one thing that people who disliked the movie could agree on as a problematic element within it? I feel like there could be many answers to that. I don't know. Ramona's portrayal as Scott's girlfriend wasn't convincing. She was a damsel in distress. I don't know. Oh, I'm going to say they don't like Michael Sarah. Oh, that's a good. Guess. Ding, ding, ding. Correct. Or, or, 
Is Ramona has no agency in the movie. In the early 2000s, what major forum site featuring customizable avatars was a major base for the fandom, according to my research? The IGN forums. No. Okay. It's a guy online. Joke answer. Uh, Dragon Ball Z GT Legacy <laughs> forums. <laughs> Represent <laughs> all you one. G, your, your answer? There's a guy online. It is. What is the Japanese word that fans of the show have taken to mean friends who are as close and closer as family? Shory. I edited this episode. <laughs> you must be an expert then. Like a Mori or something. I put like a way off. Fortunately, that is yeah. incorrect. It is Nakama. N A K A M A. Nakama. What is the phrase that fans glommed onto to describe Anne Rice's attitude towards criticism? I almost said this in an episode the other day. It's mine, right? Yes. It is. Z, I think you're interrogating the text from the wrong perspective. Exactly. (laughs) I knew nothing about that, and now that is the only thing I'm going to take away from that. That and like Bry's attitude and, towards yeah. the the like the love hate dynamic is just like that is all I'm going to take away. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe I'll read a book at some point. What was the name of the club that got its members a twenty percent discount on Halcyon made models uh, of alien figures and whatnot, and included H.R. Giger as an honorary member? The H.R. Giger Club. That is not the right answer. It is not, Fox unfortunately. News. Ooh, oh, club. The Alien Pals. It's very close, but no. The Aliens Fan Club. Ah, boo. 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 What is the name of the episode that many fans agree is the end of the golden age of The Simpsons? There are like three three answers. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to take a swing with the principal and the popper. That is correct. I would have been like Leonard Skinner. Yeah. Uh, The one where Skinner... Isn't really yeah, yeah. Skinner. Yeah. <laughs> the first MASH slash story was written in nineteen eighty or er, in nineteen ninety eight, and it was named for the longest continuous pass granted to a person in the military service. What was the fic called? The three day pass. Correct. Shenanigans. That is a numbers question. <laughs> that is a numbers question. And now something that we just can't stop talking about: Chrono Trigger. It's my question. It is if I get this right, it's a three-way tie. Are you serious? <laughs> really? Like, wow! <laughs> you're telling me that even though, like okay, oh. disclosure: we haven't been paying it. We've been keeping score over here. I have not been paying attention to it. G has in the last round because we realized that there was a point where we could have actually corrected the rules. But like, apparently, it is a three-way tie. If I get this question if, right, it is a three-way. If tie. If he gets it correct, which is just like mm. mind blowing. Okay, whatever. <laughs> What is the fan-made game generally recognized among fans as the true sequel to Chrono Trigger? Is it Crimson Echoes? It is. Three-way <laughs> tie. We all know as much about the show as each other knows about the show. <laughs> Where are the cameras? What's going on? I don't, I don't understand.
Ten. Perfectly Seven. balanced team. Seventeen. <laughs> and eight. Nine of seventeen. And ten of seven of seventeen. <laughs> what do we even do now? What do we do? It means we we uh missed forty-eight questions. Wow. Okay. I'm going to stop recording this bit. Sure, sure. <laughs>